All right, welcome back to another episode of Cibolo Tomorrow. In today's episode, episode two, we're going to be talking about land use and character and zoning. Um, so super excited to be joined by some guests today. Um, but starting out, I'm Ryan Short with Civic Brand. Kelsey? Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Kelsey Jordan-Lee, Planning and Economic Development Director here at the City of Cibolo. Nick Hessel, Councilman District 6 here in Cibolo. And um, just like to say, I've been in Cibolo for a number of years now and uh, appreciate how it is and how it's growing. Daniel? Yeah, Daniel Acevedo, uh, Kimley Horn. We're planning consultant uh, on the comprehensive plan. Yeah, well, thank you guys for joining me today and diving into this this topic of land use and, and character and zoning. And so, uh, Councilman Hetzel, I'll, I'll throw the first question at you. I mean, what is the importance of land use and, and, and why is this a key component of a comprehensive plan? Well, land use and, and zoning, they're very tightly related together uh, because as you as a community continues to develop, you want to make sure that the community provides services to the community. In other words, not just throwing down one particular thing in an area because you can get hold of it, but it needs to support the citizens in the area. In addition to that, there's also a balance between, um, well, different areas and land use. In other words, uh, you don't want to be uh, trying to put a factory or something down by a swamp. And by the same token, uh, a lot of times people would like to buy houses down uh, by the creek, by a creek. So these are all variables that fit together. Uh, we've got primarily a rural farming type area. And as a result, we do have areas in which we have flood zones. So you've got to make sure that you don't put either commercial or residential into the flood zones. And if you do, then it would be best if you make sure the engineering is going to work right uh, because the citizens do not want to lose value. So, right. Yeah. And Councilman touched on a few of those different factors, but Kelsey, do you mind just kind of coming from the planning side of things? What are, what are those different factors that go into considering, you know, different land use areas? Absolutely. So I think something that I definitely want to make sure we catch on to and what you'll hear us say a lot, I think, has to do with intentionality. And I think that drives a lot of our efforts here through this comp plan and just in planning in general. Right. So we're not doing anything just on a whim or as Councilman Hetzel said, just throwing something down on a map. But we're really looking at things like what are the market trends? Where do we anticipate population growth going, right? Is it gonna be just distributed throughout the city at the same level and distance? Probably not, right? There are certain areas where we're gonna anticipate more dense growth or different types of jobs and where does residential make sense versus our industrial versus our commercial uses and how do we tie those in together to make sure that they are supporting the vision that our council and our citizens have, ultimately tying it back into that vision. Yeah, and so, you know, land use and zoning are very tied together, but I guess to kind of expand on that further and make sure, like when we're talking about a future land use map, that is different than just the actual zoning regulations, right? And so do you mind kind of explaining that a little bit? Yeah, it definitely is. And so they, they do interact with each other a lot. And we certainly use both while we're looking at how the city is going to be developing. But our future land use map, it really ties into our comp plan. Um, it's giving more of that high level look as far as what areas would be well suited for maybe industrial or residential or commercial uses. And also looking at that 
higher look of intensity, whether that's a neighborhood commercial versus maybe our general commercial or your low intensity single family residential versus your higher intensity multifamily uses. But one of the big differences between our, our future land use map and then zoning is that while our future land use map is kind of that guide, and of course we want to try to adhere to that when it makes sense and to have a consistent growth pattern for the city, it's not in itself a legal regulation like zoning is. So our zoning regulations go more into detail as far as establishing things like what are the specific setbacks within a particular district? How close can a building or structure be to the neighboring property? Um, how tall can the building be within that district? How dense can it be? If you're thinking of, uh, for example, residential, uh, how many units can be on it? So I would say the future land use map is our higher look at the guide and development patterns of the city of Cibolo, whereas our zoning regulations are that legally binding development standards that are going to influence our setbacks and how those particular districts are going to develop. And then to be clear, I mean, obviously the, the future land use map is a key deliverable of the comprehensive plan that will influence future zoning changes, but a zoning rewrite is not part of this comprehensive plan. Is that correct? That is correct. So this will be a, the, excuse me, the comprehensive master plan. As a result of that, we will have an updated future land use map more than likely. Um, and then it will also help potentially lead to some updates to our unified development code, which does encapsulate our zoning districts and those zoning regulations. And so anytime you have a comprehensive rewrite or update to a plan like this, it is likely that you're then going to have associated updates to your development code that will then help you actually apply and implement the guidance that's provided within that comp plan. So Daniel, I know that you guys at Kimley Horn have kind of used like this place types approach in thinking about future land use. Do you mind elaborating on, on what that is? And kind of, is that is that like, an, am I correct in assuming that's kind of like a newer trend, a newer way of thinking about land use? Yeah, so uh, place types uh, was created as a tool uh, that we use to help us um, as we describe uh, each of the areas uh, that we designate in a land use map. Um, it's different from, and we talked about the difference between zoning and land use. Um, it's different in that we're not specifically looking at a specific type of use uh, in a location. Uh, rather, we're looking for a predominant use. And so that predominant use can be different things like residential, um, kind of those broader brush areas. Uh, but, but as far as place types are concerned, um, it's really helpful as a tool to describe uh, what those areas uh, look like as far as the character is concerned. Really get into really painting the picture of what is the character of an area, uh, describing the place, and then um, diving in a little bit as far as what are the predominant uses that we see, uh, but then also what are some of the secondary uses. Uh, it also helps us when we're looking at it from a character standpoint, uh, when we get to transitions and when we get to areas that are compatible, we start talking about compatibilities. It's a lot easier for us to, to understand the relationships than uh, from one place type to the next. Yeah, and I think to me, that's that's so valuable, such a valuable way to look at it because, you know, when we think of just a single use and we say this is all residential, this is all commercial, you may have areas that are all residential or all commercial, but place types lets you start to kind of have a little bit more of a nuanced approach because, for example, you might have 
residential area that's surrounding a downtown and it might have a mix of some commercial some residential and so you let you kind of have that nuanced approach whereas there might be other residential neighborhoods that are just pure single family home and so it, it lets you get at some of that character are those um i guess is daniel do you guys have like certain definitions for those different place types are they custom to each community like how do you label or identify those place types yeah and that's the great part is that they're customizable um, and so we we calibrate them specific to each community you just take a downtown as an example downtown uh Cibolo is very different from downtown San Antonio and so you know when you're looking at those two different place types uh you know downtown Cibolo can be described in a certain way um there are certain needs there's a certain character so that allows us to really describe each place type and calibrate each place type unique to the community. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Uh, Kelsey, I'm curious, or Councilman Hetzel, are there, when you think of about place types in that term, what are, are there certain areas that like, just to kind of bring it home to the listener and make it real, like certain areas of similar, like, hey, this is a good example. Hey, for us, um, that maybe through some of the particular areas of focus that the city has on development patterns. So I know in particular, two key areas from an economic development st status um, point of view would be our FM78 corridor and then our I-10 corridor. And those are going, I would say, two different vibes or futures of what they're going to manifest as, right? So our FM78 corridor really looking at that through the efforts of a previous study and then as development patterns are coming along there seeing that really be more of a commercial and almost a tourist attraction that will lead people to come into Cibolo along the 78 corridor and then ultimately into our old town district along main street and within that we could see a mix of true commercial uses, um, retail restaurants, hospitality even mixed in with some office space or different things that residential. residential as well that's in there. Um, meanwhile, we have our I-10 corridor, which is gonna have a, a different feel to it. Um, hopefully bringing in more of our major industry will still need support services, but it's gonna have a different clientele and kind of ethos, I would say, than maybe other parts of our city and how they've developed. Yeah. And I think that's so important because, you know, you kind of described somebody coming into the city, like the gateway and kind of experiencing different areas. I mean, you have to think about the, the flow of a user. You have to think about how these different uses work together. Um, I guess, Councilman Hefts, do you mind speaking to, you know, why is it important to consider the transition between zones and different areas versus just, you know, it's residential, not budding right up to, you know, just hard industrial, right? But you have to think about those transitions in between and what makes that feel appropriate for your community. Well, sometimes that's a difficult mix to, uh, to sort out uh, because you have competing viewpoints as to what should go in next. And with that, there'll, there'll be some discussion between citizens and, and the commercial there in some cases. Um, but what you also wind up doing is changing some of the requirements on, on both sides as to what can actually go into those areas to where it's more of a blend. And that way it's not too much on one side or too much on the other side, but you may have a blend. So if you've got a large industrial area at one point here and you've got residential on the other side, what you might want in the middle is commercials or perhaps um, multifamily housing. And that might tend to blend the whole thing about. Uh, that, of course, uh, the multifamily housing, of course, would have to be uh, fairly close proximity to uh, 
transportation and highways but to get those get the folks in and out of town so there's there's different blends and different different requirements as it goes yeah and it's and the challenge like you mentioned is there's a lot of moving parts there's a lot of different opinions and wants and needs and so it's really kind of trying to think about all of those things and, and maximize everything um yeah. and so i guess from an economic development standpoint kelsey what is you know, what are the potential economic impacts? Like, is the, what is the value of having this, you know, future land use map from an economic development standpoint? Definitely. Uh, just right off the bat, I think it really one of the undersung benefits of it is the opportunity to, again, be intentional in how the city is going to develop and decide early on what type of city you're trying to become. Right. And so it's not again, I'm just going to keep going back to what Councilman Hetzel said. We're not just throwing, for example, the color red down on our future land use map. And I picked red because in Cibolo, that's how we identify commercial. And it's not just saying we're going to color it all red. And if you build it, they will come and it's going to be, uh, you know, high luxury commercial going in there. But really taking that look like we talked about earlier, at what the market trends are, what is the future of the city going to look like in different areas? and then making sure that we appropriately allocate land and resources for that. And not just having raw land, but do we have the infrastructure there, the different public facilities that need to be there, safety responses that can be there to support it. And then again, looking at it holistically, right? As Councilman Hetzel said, do we have housing for those individuals who are going to be working there? Do we have transportation that can be there? And all of that together can then support both our commercial and industrial uses so that way we can have a more solid tax base, something that can take the burden off of our residents through their taxes. And really, I would say, one, um, help with the tax base and then contribute within to the quality of life that the city can provide, but also have a sense of pride and I would say community branding. For the city as well to be known as a destination for both residential and commercial and industrial businesses can have real tax implications and also just help the city to be more resilient um, if there are downturns right having that diversity of industry that's there uh, so that way we can weather any future storms and also just be stronger in general one of the sides to that one is is that uh, in the downtown we basically have what what we've identified as old town and with that, it gives a community core. In other words, you may be in a new development, you may be in a high rise, whatever it happens to be, but downtown, that is Cibolo as far as you're concerned. And so there's a certain air, mm -hmm. certain image, and we try to maintain that. And that's, that's, that's part of keeping the community as a whole. Absolutely. I think that comes back to like the, the, the place making yeah. and the sense of the different place types, right? We talked about 78 being different from I-10 and downtown definitely has its own unique center for the community. Yeah, I think you touched on two really important things is, you know, how it shapes the identity of the community. Um, but then you also touched on the financial sustainability of the community and how that's super important. And I think, I think when, what we've seen is when people start to think about zoning and land use, it kind of becomes what uses you want or don't want near you, as opposed to this more of this idea of like, well, what's a balanced, healthy portfolio um, for the community? So, Daniel, I guess I'm curious from Kimley Horn standpoint. So, so Daniel, from Kimley Horn standpoint, to have that healthy balance or portfolio of different types of land use and zoning, you know, what are some of the things that you guys look at to know, like, 
how much residential versus how much commercial and where those things go. Right. So uh, one of the future land use um, analysis that we do uh, is we look at development scenarios and trends. So when we're looking at place types, we're able to calibrate those. We talked about, you know, Old Town or Downtown as an example. And and you can think about it in terms of density. You can think about it in terms of how much square footage of retail space, how much square footage of residential space. And so when we um, when we do land use planning, we provide different scenarios uh, to the community and we calibrate, basically paint a map with scenario based uh, uh, planning where we look at you know the outcomes for different uh, different goals that we would have as a community. So um, some of the some of the aspirations might be okay, what do we do if we want to be mostly residential community, if we want to stay low density, uh, you know single family, um, what implications would that have on our bottom line on our portfolio? And then what if we want to grow differently? What if we want to grow? Uh, you know, if we want to have multifamily or if we want to have density in certain areas, um, what, what are those implications as well? So we take those into effect. We use some software where we look at those different types of, of I guess, place types. Um, and then we, we send those out to the community to see, okay, what is the direction we want to go? And based on what we're hearing, of course, it's comprehensive plan. So we're looking at many different factors. But what is the direction that the community really wants to go? Um, and, and we calibrate it in that, in that general direction. Yeah, that makes sense. And Mr. Hetzel, I think you wanted to add something to that. Yes, um, transportation is is a large portion of of this equation, if you will. Residential, for example, for, for the folks that are living in the residences, they've got to be able to access from their individual neighborhoods to a fairly large highway to be able to get to work. Whereas a uh, commercial or industrial probably is going to be want to be very near. Uh, an interstate or something like that, to where it's it's ready access on, ready access off. So you've got two different goals right there, uh, as far as the highways go. But uh, both of them, both of them needs transportation in and out. You combine that with the requirements for uh, power, sewer, water. Those all fit part of the equations. It's one thing for a, a resident to, to have solar panels on his house. Uh, by himself but uh if, if he's going to be in the community he's probably going to be tied into another system there so and hopefully as we get more jobs and retail restaurant options Thank here mm -hmm. then our residents don't have to leave to be able to yeah. visit their favorite places so keep, keep it more local as well well you've got to balance also between different communities we have a fairly large uh, military retirement community due to our proximity to uh randolph air force base Fort sam houston and uh, Lackland Air Force Base. Uh, so that that pretty much provides a, a large background to, to some of our citizenry here. By the same token, I know that a number of our citizens basically work on the other side of San Antonio. Uh, you've got various facilities over there and, and uh, people have to go to work, keep things, keep paying taxes. So <laughs> it's part of the equation is providing uh, good good workspace locally and also uh, good transportation for remote areas. When you do the when you start looking at these things, you can look at you have to look at immediate what's going to happen next week kind of thing. But you also need to look 20, 30, 40, 50 years in the future. And I realize that sounds kind of long, but then by the same token, one of the things that I've seen was back in I got here in 
in 87 and the, the street, the major thoroughfare, which is close to where I live right now, is probably it doubled in size, doubled in width. Uh, and so that was the, the first note to me that things were in the process of changing. In addition to that, if you take a look at 1103, that was part of a bond issue that I helped get started way back when, if you will. And here we are still working on it. And that's basically going to double the width of 1103. And the reason why is because all of that farmland out there, most of it has been sold for residential. So to be able to support that, you've got to be able to, to carry that. Likewise, we've got operations down off of 10 and we need more, more interfaces down there or more highways connections because otherwise right now the the only other ma major thoroughfare we've got is 78 and although that has been expanded and improved somewhat um it's gonna it's gonna be maxed out pretty soon size wise and with that uh, it's gonna make restrictions on, on transportation so well, yeah and kelsey i really loved what you said at the beginning of about being intentional because i think you know when some people hear about this and they hear about you know growth and land use and things changing they may there there might be a good portion of the population that's like well let's not change anything let's keep what's rural rural let's keep things and i think the reality though is that growth is happening and growth is coming regardless of if we want it or not so we have to get ahead of it we have to be proactive and be very intentional about what growth is right for Cibolo, what makes sense and so I guess in short, just summarizing to make sure I got it too, you know, land use is, the future land use map is that kind of broader 20, 30, 40 year vision of how we want to use the land that we have. Zoning is kind of how you bring that to life through the actual like rules and regulations within that. Um, but you're taking a much more nuanced approach, whether it's with, you know, place types and transitions and how things work together and buffer. Um, and it's this balanced portfolio. It's not just, we want to be all residential or not. Um, it, it's having that healthy balance so that Cibolo can be financially sustainable and, and be the place still maintain and be the place that people love. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the future land use and, and the zoning that comes out of that is such a key part of a comp plan. Um, so I think it's important for everybody to understand that that's kind of the end goal of this project. And so definitely appreciate all of y'all's time today on the call and um, look forward to seeing what's next with Cibolo tomorrow. Thank you so much.